If you got your Bible tonight, open to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. Um, someday I'm going to figure out how to make two pairs of glasses into one so I can read with one and see you with the other all in one shot. We'll see what happens here. Oh, we're going to dismiss the kids? Okay, bye-bye. Get out of here. 127. 127. If you found your place, let's stand, let's read. I want to read the five verses here, Psalm 127. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of his womb of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, and they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for opportunity to be here in your house. And as uh, I try to make an attempt here to ask the question, what kind of watchmen are we? Um, let, help us, and we might be able to get through, and help us that even me as, a, as kind of a, a jokester, a prankster sometimes, and that this serious subject, we might get this across. We ask these things in Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. What is a watchman's job? Now, I've never been in the military, but I do have some ideas what a watchman is supposed to do. Um, I was in Malawi, Africa. We had watchmen. Well, we had men. I'll put it that way. Most of the time, we just paid them. They slept out there somewhere, and hopefully they heard a noise. We don't know, you know. Um, different things happen. But most of the time, when we went out there, they were sound asleep. So, is that a way of watchman? If you were in the U.S. Army, oh, we don't have anybody here in the U.S. Army, do we? Oh, Isaiah snuck in the back. Isaiah, if you were in the Army as a watchman, and you were caught sound asleep, is there still a punishment for that? They, they, but they don't take, I, I've never heard of anybody taking them out and shooting them lately. I, that's been a long time since that has happened. I think probably the Civil War. But, yeah. Dereliction of duty. Um, what kind of watchman were you? We had two messages this morning. Uh, Brother West, you did a great job, and I, I appreciate it. Brother Ryan, I appreciated that message, and it, it really, to some extent, fit in, and I never really thought of that, that I, you know, I, you're right, I sang that song, I may never march in the infantry, and we all think that we're all in the infantry, that is a choice to be in the infantry, it's a choice to be a soldier, it's a choice to put on the armor of God, it's a choice to get in a battle, I suggest you get in a battle, it's a good thing to do to get in a battle, because if you don't, that day of trouble is coming. The evil one is coming, and he's coming to get you. He's coming to get your children. He's coming to get your family, and he's coming to get your friends. And if you don't have the armor of God on, how are you going to fight against the enemy? How are you even going to know the enemy's out there? How do you even know that they're coming? Isaiah 21 and verse 6. 
Isaiah, for the men out there, I know the men never hear it the first time. That's why I always ask my wife, what? How many, how many men do that? Your wife says something, you don't even hear what she says, and you ask again. It, I don't know why she doesn't learn. Just say it twice. Isaiah, what did I say? 21, verse 6. Isaiah, Jeremiah. So Isaiah, not too far to your right. 21, verse 6. That's a good, good lesson for preacher boys when you get up here and you give a reference. Give the reference twice because the men didn't hear it the first time around. It says, the burden of Duma, I don't know who gave him that name, he called to me out of Seir, watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? Well, do you need a watchman during the day most of the time? Well, you probably should. There's, there's certain times, there's certain aspects where you need them during the day. But the biggest time that you need a watchman is when? Nighttime. In the nighttime. Hardest time to stay awake, right, Isaiah? That is the hardest time to stay awake. Promise me. I, I can promise you, every time I work night jobs, it was between the hours of 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the morning were the worst times ever to try to stay awake. Verse number 12, the watchman said, The morning cometh, and also, also the, the might, if ye will inquire, inquire ye return again. Uh, he, so his job is to do what? The watchman's job is to do, it's very simple, watch. watch. You can't watch while you're sleeping. Uh-oh. I'm going to pick on everybody, including myself. Can you watch when you're doing this? Isaiah, do they allow you to be on your phone while you're watching? You're not supposed to. Oh, I know what that answer meant. I'll just leave it right there. Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 1 through 4. Ezekiel 33. Just keep going. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel should be next. I said that because somebody asked for a, a book this morning. You know, I, I, I don't know what happened. I think somebody took it out of my Bible this morning, the book of Philemon. That little one page in there. I, I, I lost it. He, he ran out of the New Testament somewhere. Sometimes when you don't go to certain books, it's just all of a sudden they disappear. Isaiah, Jeremiah 33, 1 through 4. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, it didn't say if, he said when. It means it's coming. Upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for a watchman, if when he seeth the sword cometh upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh no, not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heareth the, he heareth the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come, take any person from him, then he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. What we see again is a watchman's job. His job is to blow the trumpet. Okay, well, maybe we don't, we don't have a trumpet, but we can make some noise. Make some noise. You know what we had this last week? Anybody remember what happened on Tuesday? Tuesday. 
We got slaughtered. We got slaughtered. I heard of a preacher here last week. Somebody asked him on Sunday, said, can you please announce that there's an election on, on Tuesday? Please say, hey, maybe the church can't get behind it and say who, who you should vote for, but here's who I'm voting for. Here's what I'm going to do to stand up for what? And the pastor said, it's not my job. The majority of his 100-plus congregation did not vote. I'm sick. That's not a very good watchman. Is a watchman just to keep track of your family? Isaiah, if you had, if you had a wife and four kids and you're in the army and then you say, well, I'm watching for my family, is that what we pay you for? A watchman should watch out for everyone. I hope when you're driving down the road and you're in your, in your own little buggy going down the road at 65 plus, in a 60, and you're watching out for those other people. There's always some dummy out there on the road don't know how to drive. Sorry. <laughs> They're not all from Texas. Those guys from Texas, I, if I see a Texas plate, I promise you I'll watch out for them. They don't know how to slow down. They don't, they don't pay attention. Not, nothing against uh, that guy in the back row. Oh, no, his wife in the back row. No. <laughs> <laughs> but those guys that are here the first year, they don't have a clue. They come right out of summertime. They're used to being right on somebody's bumper. Watch out for them. I get out of their way because the, when they go sliding around, spinning, dinning, I, I don't want to be dinged up with them. And when I get dinged up with them, I promise you, it's going to be worse than if they're on their own going sliding down the road. We've got to watch out for them. Same thing in life. You watching out for your coworkers? If you don't sound the trumpet as a watchman, you're responsible. You work alongside somebody in the office and you never once give them the gospel, I promise you, they're gonna, there's going to be a time when you're going to go, I wish that I gave them the gospel. I think of two men in my life. One of them smoked cigarettes like crazy, worked at, they had a pizza hut that used to be on Airport Way. If some of you are new, you, never, you don't even know that one existed. Harvest Bread Company is there. I know the place well. I was there three times a week delivering Pallets and pallets of cheese and whatever else goes on a pizza. And that man smoked cigarettes. I talked to him on numerous occasions. Just sit down there. for We, we had times where I, I didn't have enough help, and we'd just sit there and talk. You know what I did in four years of delivering to that guy? Not once did I give that man the gospel. And one day he had a heart attack. It was all over for him. His wife also ran a pizza hut out here in North Pole. Norma Jean. Hardest woman I've ever seen work at a, work at a fast food restaurant. I didn't get that guy to go. Another man, when I was driving truck, I'll never forget him. His name was Bob. I'm going to tell you this because a couple of you guys have been driving up north. You kind of know where I'm talking about. I was coming up on Adigan Pass. I caught up with Bob. And I followed Bob, and it was snowing. It was just a miserable trip. And from the, 
from Attigan Pass all the way to Hilltop Cafe, I talked to this guy on the CB radio. We got past the Yukon River. God prompted me and says, hey, give, give the guy the gospel. Oh, on the CB? Lord, are you serious? Really, on the CB? I said, this isn't the place. This is, I argued with God all the way to Hilltop Cafe. Got to Hilltop. I pulled in there, go to fill out my coloring book, and uh, he's trucking on. If you don't know what a coloring book is, that's a log book. You just make a pretty picture and make the scale master happy. <laughs> Did I say it right? Just color a nice picture. I, I was taught that by the scale master. He said, just color me a picture that, I, that I'll be happy with. He's dead and gone too, by the yeah. way. So I pulled in there, and God smote me. He says, what are you doing? I said, Bob, am I going to see you next trip? I'll see you Thursday on the way back out. Bob says, no. He says, I'm going to go into town and grab my load, and I'm going to go up the highway, and he says, I'll see you on the return. I came back out Thursday morning, 5, 5 a.m. I hit the highway. I was headed north. And I didn't hardly make it past Fox Scale House. And they said, guess who just wrecked up there, up, up north, just north of Attigan Pass? Bob did. Bob got a load of pipe. It was already preloaded. He took off. He went all the way back up to Attigan Pass, went to bed. Woke up in the morning. Somebody had talked to him when they crested over the top of the hill. And Bob says, oh, I'm all good. I've just poured myself a cup of coffee. I'm all good. He made it down off the hill, made it to Attigan 1, come around the corner there by the bridge. He lost it, went off the side of the road, tumbled that truck over two times. He flew out of the truck. He was underneath that load of pipe when I drove past him on Thursday afternoon. Never gave him the gospel. God prompts you, do it. I was a poor watchman. And those two men haunt me to this day. What kind of watchman are we? Oh, you want to make it worse? Look, let's look at Hosea chapter 9. Hosea chapter 9. That'll be your right a little farther. I want to read this chapter. <coughs> it's only 17 verses. But I want, to, I want you to hear the cry of Hosea. This is how I feel like this week is gone. This is where I feel like we're at, and I'll bring this down to the nuts and bolts of this after this. Rejoice not, O Israel, for, for joy as other people, for thou hast gone a-whoring from thy God. That's our nation. Thou hast loved a reward upon every corn, corn floor. The floor of the winepress shall not feed them, and the new wine shall fail in her. They shall not dwell in the Lord's land, but Ephraim, Ephraim shall return to Egypt, and they shall, be, shall eat unclean things in Assyria. They shall not offer wine of offerings to the Lord, neither shall they be pleasing unto him. Their sacrifice shall be unto, unto them as the bread of mourners. All that eat thereof shall be polluted. For their bread, for their soul, shall not come into the house of the Lord. Isn't it amazing how many people don't go to church anymore? I mean, I never dreamed from, I'm not that old, I'm only 55. I know that sounds old to some of you, but I'm only 55. I can remember a time when everybody had been in church. 
And you couldn't say you, when you met anybody, they at least knew who Jesus Christ were, was. It's amazing today, they don't even know. They, some of them have never even heard. They don't even know who he is. I feel like I'm in a third world country sometimes when you go to give somebody the gospel and they're like, what are you talking about? And I got to start back at Genesis because they don't have a clue. Shall not come into the, into the house of the Lord. What, verse 5, what will ye do in the, in the solemn day and in the day of the feast of the Lord? For lo, they are gone because of destruction. Egypt shall gather them up. Memphis shall bury them. The pleasant places for their silver and nettles shall possess them. Thorns shall be in, in the tabernacles. The day of, of visitation are come. The day of recompense are come. Israel shall know it. The prophet is a fool. Man, that's, that's tough. You know, I, I can't believe it. Do you know how many times I've listened to a preacher? He claims to be a preacher. He's a pastor of a church. And I walk away and say, he's a fool. Went to a graduation this last fall and I, or last spring. And I, 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 I won't pick on anybody for their graduation. I'm just saying... We're at a graduation with a man that got up to, to give a message and he didn't give one Bible verse. Not once did he even mention God. He's a pastor of one of the, I think, the largest church here in Fairbanks. I'm sickened by it. What are we doing? The spiritual man is mad. How many of these guys you've seen running around with the Bible and you go, he is mad. He's got Bible verses. They don't even match up to what they're saying. They're, they're just mad. They're, 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 they're a mess. For the multitude of thine iniquity and the great hatred, the watchman of Ephraim was with my God. But the prophet is a snare of the fowler in all his ways and hatred is in the house of his God. Can you imagine how many pastors do we hear about on a regular basis? They're a snare. They're leading people down into some foolishness. I'm not going to name names. Derek knows who I'm talking about. This just happened the other day. We were out with, we were out, uh, service was over, and one guy from the rescue mission stands up. He gets talking to uh, some guys. They all kind of gathered up, and I wasn't part of the group. I just know what happened. And he's like, hey, I'm, I've got some problem, family problems. And he's got, a, I said, I got my two-year-old daughter coming up here. But he says, I need to get my two-year-old baptized. And one, one of the lunatics that's with us, I'm sorry, I'm a good friend of his, so don't, don't, don't pick on him, okay? He, he just didn't know any better. And he starts saying, well, I know a priest. I don't care. We don't need a priest. We need a savior. A priest and baptizing your child is not going to get your child to heaven. That's a false hope. It's a snare. They have deeply corrupted themselves as in the days of Gibeah. Therefore, he will remember their iniquity. He will visit their sins. I found Israel like grapes in the, in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as, as the first stripe in, in the fig tree. In her first time, they, but they went to... Baal Peor, and separated themselves unto, the, un, unto that shame, and their abominations were according 
as they loved. I didn't even know what this thing was. Are some of you young enough, do you know what a mosh pit is? Can you imagine? It, it's a place where they come up and they can come and gyrate and do whatever they want to do with their bodies. We have churches with mosh pits. We got a problem. I had heard about that several years ago. I, 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 just as I was going through that, I, I, I couldn't help it. I, that came into my mind. I had to say it. As for Ephraim, their glory shall fly away like a bird from the birth and from the womb and from their conception. Though they bring up their children, yet will I bereave them that there shall be a man, not be a man left. Yea, woe also unto them which when I depart from them. Ephraim, as I saw, Tyrus is planted in a pleasant place, but Ephraim shall bring forth his children to be murdered. You know, I made a mistake as I was getting, I don't think it was a mistake. I was trying to, trying to prepare for this, this message today, and last night I, I, I just scrolled through my email, just, just news, just news in the email. I was horrified as a mother kills her children. Well, what are we doing? Brings them up for murder. We, we've lost natural affection. Something's happened. Something went wrong. Verse 14, give them, O Lord, what, thou, what wilt thou give? Give them miscarry, a miscarrying womb and dry breasts. All their wickedness is in Gilgal, for there I hated them. For the wickedness of their, their doings, I will drive them out of mine house. I will love them no more. All their princes are, are revolters. Ephraim is smitten. Their root is dried up. They shall bear no fruit. Yea, though they bring forth, yet will I slay even the beloved fruit of their womb. My God will cast them away because they did not hearken unto him. They shall be wanderings among the nations. What would this look like today? Do you know in the United States that the mis miscarriage rate is nearly 30% of all pregnancies? 30%. That's a pretty big number. In 2020, that was the newest data I found, it was reported that 620,347 abortions were committed that's what was reported in the United States. The problem is that there is that not all states report to the CDC, California and New York being one of them. That's a humongous number. We're murdering our children. This is what this looks like. Last week, I just heard, I just heard about this. I, this is what horrifies me about our elections and what just happened. Last week, did you know it was the LGBTQ week for our schools? This includes our universities. Interesting note that it just happened to be oh, the week of our local elections where we were electing for school board members. Do you think this was an accident? I don't. The student had to sit in on lectures by delusional people that don't even know what gender they are. Then if they wanted to ask questions, 
you could only be told that you need to embrace the delusional thought. It wasn't up for discussion. You're just supposed to agree with him. There's a teacher right now at the Hutchison Career Center. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't know this. I'm sure you don't because I didn't. He wears a mushroom hat. He tells his students his name is L, just the letter L. He does not want Mr. He doesn't want any pronoun. He has no pronouns. His name is Mr. His name is L. You know what he identifies as? Fun guy. Not fun guy. Fun guy. Like a mushroom. We've lost our minds. We have, we have the inmates running the institution. When we have a mushroom, the man openly admits that he is a mushroom. Well, this is what we have teaching our schools. We have a problem. Do you know how many, how many of the school members are openly gay and do not even have any children? That is the most sickening part of this entire thing. This stuff for the LGBTQ is not what they think it is. It is a religion. They bow down to this thing. They run their life by it, and they want you to force you to embrace it. How many pastors, these are the modern-day prophets, that you know uh, proclaimed what it, that it was even an election time and the wolves are after their children? Thank God our pastor has. He's the one that produced, the, I believe, he's the one that produced the, the things that we handed out the other night. Said, hey, this is the, go vote intelligently. He didn't tell, we, we didn't tell you who to vote for. We just said, Here, here's some ideas. Here's some thoughts. If you agree, great. If you don't, great. It's up to you. Now let's make it personal. How many of us sounded out the trumpet that there was a, a potential of this even happening? You know, what the pro, you know what one of the problems is? One of the problems is we keep so disconnected. We don't understand the news. We don't listen to the news. I don't like the news. I don't like what's happening. I, and so we're just like, as my wife used to call me all the time, says, hey, you don't want to know what's going on around the house. You're like an ostrich. You hide your head in the sand. Well, so many of us do. We want to listen to music. Music, it calms me. It helps me get my work done. It does all this stuff. Well, guess what? It also distracts you. We've got to pay attention. A watchman can't be sitting there with it. Sorry, I just, I, I just had a flashback to the 80s. Dr. Walkman. Remember the Walkman? These young guys, they don't know. Walkman. Earbuds. There you go. Okay, got your earbuds in. Walkman, it, you know, the cassette tape thingy, you know, stick it on your arm. You can, you can go jogging, running with this cassette tape running, and, and you had your earbuds in. Now you do everything on your phone with your earbuds. But and before that was the boom box, you know, the big, great big boom box and run down the road. Yep. Oh. And everybody got to enjoy your music, right, Nick? So, and you blast your music. It can be good music, it could be bad music, but sometimes it's a distraction. We got to pay attention, we got to be watching, we got to hear what's happening. Just like Brother Ryan was talking about out there, 
I promise you, you didn't have your earbuds in when you, uh, when you realized the bear was out there. <laughs> You're waiting to hear that twig snap. I remember I was out hunting with my dad. It was kind of a funny reminder. I was out with my dad one time there. When you're up on the hill over here, and you look and you see this hill over here out in the, out in the flats, it's called, it's called Gold King. We flew into Gold King, and we were going to go out moose hunting. Nice, beautiful trail out of there, and we're walking down the trail, and, and uh, I'll tell you what sounds big, much, much bigger than it really is, is them cursed grouse. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I'm not kidding, There's, the brush is pretty thick along the side, and I'm about from Brian Conley to this stupid grouse that took off fluttering and beating his, himself going out of there. We thought, we thought we were getting charged. And, you, and here's a grown man, my dad and I, running like a bunch of scared girls up the trail, man. We thought we were going to die. We never even saw it. But then it happened to us two more times, and then we finally said, oh, it's a stupid grouse. But don't get distracted. I promise you after that happens to you once and your blood is... The old ticker's going until it's ready to explode. I promise you, you're, you're waiting for every twig to snap. And then the leaves sound terrible. The leaves are falling out of the trees because it's fall time, and they sound terrible loud. And you're going, everything in the woods is out to get me. No, it's not. Now your mind's playing tricks. Don't be distracted. You know the crime rate is going through the roof. In the Fairbanks North Star Borough, depending on where you live, you have a 1 in 7 chance to a 1 in 22 chance of being a victim of a crime next year. Out of 1,000 people, there are over 72 that have become victims every year. This means that in a, in a borough of 80,000 people last year, there would, would have been around 1,100 crimes committed against 1,100 different people last year. This brings me to another subject. I know this is not, no, I should be doing that booster thing and helping, helping you out, making you feel good. We'll get to that. In 2020, there was nearly 66,000 suicides in the state of Alaska. 66,000 successful suicides in the state of Alaska and almost 21,000 homicides. These are two, these two numbers are 28% of all the deaths in the state of Alaska. Last week, or a couple weeks ago, we went to a home inspection. It was actually a pretty decent house, went there, and we get all done, and this lady, she's got a brand new baby. Tim knew her because she used to work at the bank he worked at. And he's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a long time. She says, no, I had a baby, and we got married. And she got married after, after she had a baby, whatever. They were married now. So, you know, and got a chance to talk to her, and, you know, all excited. And they were all excited about getting this house. And it was all going to be a work, wonderful worked-out deal. It was Monday or Tuesday, I guess. And we were out with a different realtor and said, oh, yeah, how's, how's that house sale going? And she said, the strangest thing happened. We did the home inspection, and two days later, the husband got up in the morning. She was still in bed. 10 o'clock in the morning, she wakes up in her little tiny apartment. He blew his brains out. 
Sorry, my wife says he killed himself because he shot himself. She woke up the gunshot. What happened? They were all excited about it. Something happened. We're losing. We're losing ground. We're, miss, we're losing these people. What's happening? We pulled our children out of public schools, and then we gave the schools over to the devil. I agree you ought to pull your kids out of the school. What I don't agree with is that we've all pulled ourselves out, including myself. I haven't been to a school board meeting. Have you been to a school board meeting? They've asked for separation of church and state, and so now they are left with a political world. The children are. They're left with a political world that hasn't... Uh, it has no influence on the train. We, we've left it to the political world, and we have no influence on the training of the next generation. But our own little box. We're busy. Our lives are busy. I promise you. I remember when my wife was homeschooling, especially when I was truck driving and I was never home. I wasn't there. And we're, we're overwhelmed with our, our problems and all of these things, and we leave the government to run itself, and we wonder why it goes amok. We allow the government to steal our property taxes, and, we, and we, we look to them like the children of Israel did with Goliath and Hid. Remember when Goliath stood up there and he says, Ha! Challenge you! They then take our money and use it against us, every, every, against everything we do not believe in. I don't agree with where my money's going. That's, that's my money. They took it from me so they can, because every time I pay my property taxes and some of you say, well, I rent. If you rent, I promise you, you still pay property taxes because the landlord is taking that money out of there and he's paying the property taxes. And as far as I know to this day, I think the military... Installations also pay property taxes. Where is this going? What has happened to us? Are we hiding? We're going, man, my life's too busy. And we're not affecting our world. We're, we're hiding. Like the children of Israel. David came up and said, what are you doing all hiding? I said, I, I thought you were children of God, man. It's like somebody needs to go take this dude out. I'm not saying we go down and kill everybody in the government. <clears throat> That'd be one way to fix the problem, but I, I mean, if you have a good, if you value your life, that's probably not the way to handle it. Plus, it doesn't really help the Christian um, reputation either. There are legal ways to deal with this, but we need to hold them, hold them accountable. What are we doing? We need to hold them accountable. I talked about accountability some time back. These are devastating statistics. But what do we do about it? First thing we need to do is pray. Brother Conley brought a series here this last spring on prayer. Are we praying for our government? We do on Wednesday nights. But I mean seriously pray. We've lost almost every conservative on, on the, in, in our local governments. They, they, we seriously need to pray for them. Pray for a hedge of protection about your family and, and put a hedge around these people that they can't do any more wickedly. We need to fast. pastor gave a great study last year on fasting. But what, what can we do? We need to sound the alarm. 
1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 21. We read, For the preaching of the cross is to them to the perish foolishness. But unto us which are, are saved, it is the power of God. You say, well, I'm, I'm too young. All right? You know, the Bible tells it doesn't, it's not for women to preach. No, we're all to preach. Maybe you can't stand up here behind the pulpit, but when you bump into your friends, do you proclaim the gospel? That's what it means to preach, proclaim the gospel. For it is written, I will, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the, the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Preaching is to proclaim. Don't bore them, but get excited. Act like it is a life and death decision. I can promise you, if you preached to your friends, if I had preached to those two men that I, I told you about, as if I was standing on a road, side of a road, on a rainy, wet night with a bridge washed out, those two men might not be where I believe they are tonight. Get excited. You say, oh, but I don't want to sound like a nut. I don't know about you, but I've done some really dumb things in my life, and people say, man, he's a nut. If I can be a nut for myself, why can't I be a nut for Jesus Christ? Let's be a nut for Jesus Christ. Let's stand for him. You say, I don't know how to do that. You know what, I don't think some of us are tired enough of it. I don't think some of us are, have been through enough trials. Jaden. Have you anguished over it enough? You say, what is anguish? The Lord Jesus Christ went through some anguish. Are we weeping for sinners? Are we hurting for them? Your friends? There's a man that went to New York City to reach the gangs. We talked about this. Uh, Wes, Wes brought it up to me some time back. His name is David Wilkerson. He's not really our stripe. But he does have some good things to say. I want you to listen to this. If you've never heard it before, it is a heavy. And I hope it reaches into your heart. And...
And I look at the whole religious scene today, and all I see are the inventions and ministries of man and flesh. It's mostly powerless. It has, has no impact on the world. And I see more of the world coming into the church and impacting the church rather than the church impacting the world. I see the music taking over the house of God. I see entertainment taking over the house of God. An obsession with entertainment in God's house, a hatred of correction and a hatred of reproof. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. Whatever happened to anguish in the house of God? Whatever happened to anguish in the ministry? It's a word you don't hear in this pampered age. You don't hear it. Anguish means extreme pain and distress. The emotion so stirred that it becomes painful. Acute, deeply felt inner pain because of conditions about you, in you or around you. Anguish, deep pain, deep sorrow, agony of God's heart. We've held on to our religious rhetoric in our revival talk, but we've become so passive. All true passion is born out of anguish. All true passion for Christ comes out of a baptism of anguish. You search the scripture and you'll find that when God determined to recover a ruined situation, he would share his own anguish for what God saw happening to his church and to his people and he would find a praying man and he would take that man and literally baptize him in anguish. You find it in the book of Nehemiah. Jerusalem is in ruins. How is God going to deal with this? How is God going to restore the ruin? Now folks, look at me. Nehemiah was not a preacher. He was a career man. But this was a praying man. And God found a man who would not just have a flash of emotion, not just some great sudden burst of concern and then let it die. He said, no, I broke down and I wept and I mourned and I fasted. And then I began to pray night and day. Why didn't these other men, why didn't they have an answer? Why didn't God use them in restoration? Why didn't they have a word? Because there was no sign of anguish. No weeping. Not a word of prayer. It's all ruin. Does it matter to you today? Does it matter to you at all? That God's spiritual Jerusalem, the church, is now married to the world? That there's such a coldness sweeping the land? Closer than that, does it matter about the Jerusalem that's in our own hearts? The sign of ruin that's slowly draining spiritual power and passion, blind to lukewarmness, blind to the mixture that's creeping in. That's all the devil wants to do is get the fight out of you and kill it. So you won't labor in prayer anymore. You won't weep before God anymore. You can sit and watch television and your family go to hell. Let me ask you, is, is what I just said convicted you at all? 
There's a great difference between anguish and concern. Concern is something that you, that begins to interest you. You take an interest in a project or a cause or a concern or a need. And I want to tell you something I've learned over all my years, 50 years of preaching. If it is not born in anguish, if it has not been born by the Holy Spirit, where when you saw and heard of the ruin, it drove you to your knees, took you down into a baptism of anguish where you began to pray and seek God. I know now. Oh, my God, do I know it. Until I'm in agony. Until I have been anguished over it. And all our projects, all our ministries, everything we do, where are the Sunday school teachers that weep over kids they know are not hearing and they're going to hell? You see, a true prayer life begins at the place of anguish. You see, if you, you set your heart to pray, God's going to come and start sharing your heart, His heart with you. Your heart begins to cry out, Oh God, your name is being blasphemed. The Holy Spirit's being mocked. The enemy is out trying to destroy the testimony of the Lord's faithfulness and something has to be done. There's going to be no renewal, no revival, no awakening until we're willing to let him once again break us. Folks, it's getting late and it's getting serious. Please don't tell me. Don't tell me you're concerned when you're spending hours in front of internet or television. Come on. Lord, there's some need to get this altar and confess. I am not what I was. I am not where I'm supposed to be. God, I don't have your heart or your burden. I've been, I wanted it easy. I just want to be happy. But Lord, true joy comes. True joy comes out of anguish. There's nothing of the flesh will give you joy. I don't care how much money, I don't care what kind of new house there is. Absolutely nothing physical can give you joy. It's only what is accomplished by the Holy Spirit when you obey Him and take on His heart. Build the walls around your family. Build the walls around your own heart. Make you strong and impregnable against the enemy. God, that's what we desire.
I was wondering if this would be an opportunity. Do you want to come pray? The altar's open. Miriam comes and plays.